unknown enemy. But in spite of it all, the word of God must go forward. And we as his children must explain his matchless name. It is good to be in the service of God and good to be on this time side of life that we can express the goodness of God even during our challenging time. This is a time for many of us that we have never faced. There appears to be quite a bit of uncertainty uh, about our next days and how we, we deal with this uh, treacherous virus that has overtaken uh, this country. Uh, but we as children of God, we're going to stand on faith and we're going to continue to deliver uh, his word. Again, I welcome all of you here uh, again for the next uh, few weeks. Uh, we will be coming through to you uh, through podcasts as well as through uh, Facebook uh, Live. And so again, we are so happy for you to join us today. And we're trusting that a word can be given to you on this day that can encourage you, that can pick you up and give you a better vision of how you see yourself and how you even see this society as we move forward. I believe that God has instilled in the heart of all of us a mind that is able to be able uh, to envision greater things than what we see currently. Uh, so again, that's my hope and that is my desire. There's a word that I'd like to share with you on this day, and I would like to take this word from uh, the book of Romans, uh, Romans chapter uh, 5. And we're going to look at verse number 1 uh, through 5, Romans chapter 5 and verse number one through five. And we find a mighty word uh, that is located in this chapter. The Bible starts reading, therefore having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exalt in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exalt in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For a few moments this morning, I want to look at a word that is called suffering. In light of what we are dealing with currently in this world, and in light of what you may be dealing with outside of this virus, that word suffering is something that has certainly been placed within all of our vision. 
And I believe that word suffering produces something great for all of us. And so today I want to examine a subject entitled, What the Suffering Produces. What the Suffering Produces. I always believe that the best way to truly begin to not only get an understanding of what God is trying to say to you, but also trying to understand your own condition is to ask some internal questions. And I believe questions can be relevant to uh, each person gaining a proper perspective and also gaining a sense of joy. There are some questions I would like to ask that will help us to open up this subject just a bit more and help us to truly uh, touch reality for a moment. Have there ever been a time where you've grown tired, frustrated, angry, or even depressed while you were waiting on the Lord to move you from your source of pain or panic? In your situation and whatever that may be on this day, have you ever felt like God was not answering you or helping you? Have you ever questioned God as to why he's allowing you and me to feel so much heartache, so much disappointment and, and so much pain in this life? Have you ever felt that no matter how much you've tried and struggled to get ahead, or at least to keep your head above water, that it was just hopeless? Tell yourself it was hopeless. Have you ever arrived to a point in your life to where you just resolved, after everything that you've been dealing with, you've just resolved to just be unhappy, lonely, miserable, because the person that you love won't change, or maybe the situation won't even change. Have you ever looked around life and, and watched as others are prospering and doing well in their health, but then you look at your situation and you appear to be stuck? As children of God, we, we study our Bible and we, we pray often trying to gain strength and, and, and trying to maintain a good attitude in the presence of our difficulties, but yet it seems like the more we pray, the more challenges come into our life. The more that we try to stay faithful, the more we experience tragedy in our life. Is there a witness here this morning? Sometimes it seems that no matter what you do or how hard you try, that all the cards are just stacked against you. In fact, it can even feel sometimes that uh, you were born maybe with a curse or some sort of generational curse to where you feel like that there is no positivity or nothing positive that can happen in your life at the moment. Facebook friends and, and church family, life struggles and suffering has a unique way of seizing us, paralyzing us, imprisoning us and confining us to the point that we surrender. Life can make us throw in the white towel, raise the yellow flag, and it can prevail our tired arms in the air and say, I quit. Have you ever said, I quit? 
Have you ever faced a challenge that, that made you even think about quitting or even convinced your mouth to say, I quit? How is it or what particular power or influence does suffering have that causes Christian people to give up, to quit, possess a mindset of hopelessness and a disposition of weakness? I want to say that again to you. What is it or what particular power influence does suffering have that causes Christian people to give up? to quit and possess a mindset of hopelessness and a disposition of weakness. Church, have your struggles ever convinced you that there were absolutely no way out? Have it ever convinced you that there was no cure or no help for your situation? Have the struggle ever convinced you that there can never be any happiness no second chance, no love, no forgiveness to the point that you say that I quit. If I'm speaking to your spirit today, say, I quit before. All of us at some point in time in life have faced some particular challenge that have influenced us to begin to process thoughts of surrender, to entertain mindsets of surrender and abandonment. But I want to tell you today that God's word is just as powerful as it was yesterday, today. I want you to say to yourself, if you've been dealing with this, a particular illness in your life, and you've also been struggling with the uh, what to do moments as you've evaluated this coronavirus and you hear much negativity that, that's coming over the news and how it's running rampant across all of this U.S. And, and maybe it convinced you and helped you to believe that there is no cure and that there is no help for this, then I want you to just repeat with me and say these things that I'm tired. I'm tired of my situation. I'm tired of my suffering. I'm tired of watching my loved ones suffering. I'm going to get help today. I'm going to get help today. In the book of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 10, the Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and is safe. When tragedies or catastrophes happen in life, it ought to push us closer to God and not away from God. When catastrophes happen, it ought not create a panic to where we freeze and stop our movement toward God, but it ought to accelerate us to move closer to him. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now, Tell yourself today, I'm going to get help. I'm going to get help. What good is the word of God if it can't help us? I believe the word of God is designed to help all of us to deal with challenges in life. So today I want to dig into the question, how do you get to the place in life where you can rejoice 
in suffering. How can you get to the place in life that you can rejoice in spite of the pandemic of coronavirus? I believe that that is a provoking question that if answered, would provide a source of peace and a source of healing to each and every one of us today. So let us go and revisit back to Romans chapter 5 and look at verse number 3, where we'll build out from this beautiful text. The Bible says, and not only so, but we, and I want you to look at that word, we, we glory in tribulations, knowing, that's the second word. First word is that we glory in tribulation, also underlining knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patient experience and experience hope. How do you get to the place where you can rejoice in suffering? That is what this passage brings before us today, and that is what we need to know right now. The apostle's answer is in verse number three. We rejoice in suffering because we know. We rejoice because we know something. It isn't just because it's a great feeling to be hurt. It's not because we have witnessed others to make it through their suffering. It's because we know something about it. It's something about faith that enables us to know a kind of inside information that others do not share. Something that we will cause us to rejoice in our suffering. Tell somebody in your house that we know. What is it that we know? We should know Romans chapter 8 and verse number 28 when he says, and we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and to those who have been called according to his purpose. We should know that all things, no matter what it is, works together for the good of those who love the Lord and who have been called according to his purpose. Now, you may be questioning whether or not you've been called. So let's answer that question for you. First Peter chapter 2 and verse number 9, the Bible says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You've been called. And now that you understand you've been called, you also ought to understand that in all things, God works for your good. It doesn't matter how difficult it may be, doesn't matter how challenging it may be. In fact, it doesn't matter how evil it may be. Because of the fact you've been called, God will always work for your good. Paul says in Romans chapter 8 and verse number 18, he says, I'm convinced. What was Paul convinced about? In fact, let's talk a little bit about 
uh, Paul and some of his problems. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 24 to 31, we find Paul was beaten with the whip on his bare back on five different occasions. And on each occasion, he was given about 40 strikes. He was stoned. Uh, he was in a shipwreck three times. He has been in serious and immediate dangers often. He's had been in rat-infested prisons. He has been in pain. He's been homeless. And he has been without food. And then we pick him up in verse number 28 when he says, Not only all of these things I've had to deal with, but I still had to be a Christian and carry out my duties as a minister. And then in that last verse in Romans 8 and 31, he says, what shall we say about all of these things? All of the things that he'd gone through, he said, what shall I say? Then he said, if God be for us, who can be against us? Isn't that a good word right there? Uh, a City View family and Facebook family, that if God is for us, it doesn't matter what type of disease that is for, it can't be against us. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 18, again, he said, I'm convinced that our present suffering are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed into us. What you're going through now, family, is nothing compared to the wonderful thing that is going to come to you. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 17, he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Our suffering will provide us with great pleasure and an extreme sense of joy. We should all know these things. But how is it? That when we struggle with things in life, deal with adversity, deal with uncertainty, sometimes we, we forget the fact that what we're dealing with is not designed to stay with us. Sometimes we forget that if God be for us, Amen. who can be against us? Amen. Sometimes we can't become so frightened by life that we forget that God who said that he would never ever leave us, neither will he forsake us. Fear has this uh, unique ability of causing us to forget things that have been sown into our heart. Amen. We've been told that the Lord is our shepherd. And, and see, when you are dealing with things in life, we should not be searching all over this world trying to find comfort, but we ought to be relying on the shepherd to bring the comfort that we need in this life. How is it that we can't rely on what we know when we're in pain, when we hurt, when we're disappointed, and when sickness invades our life? How is it that we cannot rely on these things? Because we haven't learned that suffering produces something of value. The child of God, even during this present moment, ought to be celebrating God. 
But we can't celebrate God when we hear such thing as coronavirus, uh, cancer, diabetes, hypertension. Those things don't allow us to celebrate God because we truly don't understand what suffering produces. We don't truly understand the value of suffering. We still haven't learned that suffering is a process that leads to fruit production. Let me say it again. Suffering is a process that leads to fruit production. So then what specifically does suffering produces? Well, in the text, the Apostle Paul says that there are four things that suffering produces. And I only want to talk about one of those today. Suffering produces perseverance. In some versions of the Bible, the word may be patience. The Greek word literally means to abide and to stay under the pressure. Pressure is usually something that we want to get from under. But suffering teaches us to stay under, to stick it out, Hang in there. Perseverance is the opposite of panic, a bailing out. Perseverance says, stay there. It's going to get better. Perseverance says, hold on. Perseverance says, wait. Perseverance is optimistic in spite of the negativity. The translation of perseverance in English is rendered steadiness. Therefore, suffering produces steadiness. Tell yourself, suffering helps me to be steady. Suffering helps me to be steady. And why is steadiness important in suffering? Because steadiness can help you to discover your purpose. It can help you to walk into your potential. How many of you have been told that you have potential, but you've never reached it? How many of you uh, know that you have a destiny, but can't seem to find it? How many times have you been told from the Bible that God will supply all your needs, but yet you're still waiting? Well, steadiness and suffering will birth you into your purpose. Do y'all believe that? Amen. Steadiness, steadiness in your suffering can bring you in to your purpose. The only way that we're going to get to know what our purpose is, is that we're going to have to stay steady while suffering. Knowing your purpose go beyond being taught, it's a life experience. In gaining your purpose, you will have to remain steady while suffering. Let me give you an example of what that looks like. What is the purpose of a horse? A horse is to be used for the purpose of work, of transport. The ultimate purpose of a horse is to provide some source of ridership to people. But when a horse is born, it is wild, untamed, unbroken, 
In fact, it's really useless. Therefore, when an owner begins to train a horse to achieve its purpose, they try to put a saddle on the horse back. With every attempt to place the saddle on its back, the horse panics and becomes frightened at the experience, so much so that it will begin to kick at the trainer. The horse uneasiness about the saddle is because it doesn't know what's happening to him or her. Therefore, their nostrils flare up, their eyeballs roll, they, they panic and they begin to tremble in fear. They won't move because they're so afraid. But the trainers will continue to place the saddle on their backs daily until they understand the purpose. If the trainer were to stop at the sight of the horse nervousness, fear, and anxiety, then the horse would never achieve its purpose. We're just like the untamed horse. Every time God tries to put something on us to help us to find our purpose, the first thing we try to do is understand what we're dealing with. There are things in life that we'll never understand. And that's why faith and trust is so important to us as Christians. There's nothing that we would probably ever understand about what we are currently dealing with. But it's not about really understanding our suffering or understanding what we're dealing with as it is in trusting God and use genuine faith in order for us to develop into our purpose. I must tell you that if you're working to be a child of God, prepare yourself for suffering. And it comes in many different forms, many different ways, many different methods that it comes in. A society as a whole is dealing with an unseen enemy that has taken the lives of many people. And everyone is trying to fight this unseen enemy with weapons that are of this world. We won't be able to deal with this unknown, this, un, this unseen enemy by our conventional measures. The only way we're going to be able to deal with this is by faith. And I know what you may say that then suffering truly produces my value and it also helps me to gain my purpose? Absolutely. Uh, let me give you one example for you truly to see this. Can you bring me an egg, please? I want you to be able to see this, that we'd love for our life to really uh, move along without any sort of interruption or any sort of issues. That would be perfect for life to move in that sort of manner, uh, where you don't have to deal with very much uh, and you don't have to deal with difficult folks or, uh, or deal with a, a difficult sickness or deal with a, a difficult relationship, then we'd love life to move along that way, but, but life is not designed that way. Suffering is a part of our life and we have to understand the purpose of it. Suffering helps you to realize your value, 
and your purpose. So, as you can see this egg, this is a raw egg. And I think we can all agree and say that this egg that is in your home, in your refrigerator, has not truly achieved its purpose yet. Would that be true? Amen. As long as it stays in your refrigerator and continues to sit there in its carton, day after day, week after week, it has not achieved its purpose. But when this egg begins to walk into its value and its purpose, it will first have to be exposed to some heat. Heat then changes the complete disposition of this egg. Heat allows this egg then to produce its value. I want you to think about your faith. Your faith, in order for it to get you to the point to where you can have a good attitude. And, and that's what it means by one, that you rejoice in your suffering. It's not that you are happy that you are dealing with a cancer and then you ought to get excited and, and shout for glory because uh, someone, that you, someone had a heart attack. But it's about having a good attitude. Rejoicing is about having a good attitude, maintaining a good disposition while you're dealing with a difficulty in life. Your faith will be exposed to heat. If your faith cannot withstand heat, then your faith won't be capable of delivering you through the most gruesome times of your life. Your faith will be put on fire. And there's a purpose for putting your faith on fire. God loves you enough to put your faith on fire so that you can realize what your purpose is. And our potential many times is just like this egg. It just stays in one place and it never evolves into anything else. It just sits there because it's in a comfortable state. When this egg meets the heat, then it begins to change its form and it looks different now. In other words, it can be received. Your faith is going to be exposed to heat, and that heat could be the death of some loved one. That heat could be that you're losing the job. That heat could be many different negatives that happens in your life, but through it all, it helps you to truly see where you need to be. The Bible says that the trial of your faith, being more precious than gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise, the honor, and the glory at the appearance of Christ. The underlying intent of suffering is to put your faith on fire. It exposes its weaknesses so that you can learn what you need to do in order to improve your faith. Again, there are three things that suffering exposes. It exposes weaknesses, it exposes your value, and it, it exposes your purpose. Stand under suffering 
will help you to see your value. David said in Psalms 119 and 71, it was good that I was afflicted so that I may learn your word. Paul said that I was afflicted with a thorn and three times that he prayed to the Lord that it removed from him, but then he realized that God's grace was sufficient. David, a man after God's own heart, said that, uh, you know, that the Lord was his shepherd and that he shall not want. And then we can ask David, David, how did you come to that conclusion that the Lord was your shepherd and that uh, you didn't have no other need? And he would say in Psalm chapter 37 and verse number 25, I've been young and now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Since God is expecting us to persevere, to be steady in our suffering, how do we do it? Well, remind yourself of God's character. Fear is never from the Lord. Anytime a thought of fear or doubt enter your mind, it is always from the enemy. During these times, if you have that urge to panic, you have that urge then to go, and maybe it is stocking up on a whole lot of food to try to prepare, you need to know that that influence is not from God. Satan will try to feed fear and doubt into our spirit to combine it with our already fatigued and wearisome mind so that we can get confused about who we are and then see God in a distorted way that where we feel like God is not even big enough to handle the current condition. And when we get like that, we'll throw ourselves a pity party. Instead of viewing God through your circumstances, what if we viewed our circumstances through God's character so that we can have a better outlook for ourselves? Remember, the Lord will never forsake thee. Psalms 9 and verse number 10. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee. For thou, Lord, has not forsaken them that seek thee. Family and friends, through all that you do on this day and on the days to come, no matter what news that you receive, remember, God is bigger than anything that can happen in this life. God is still on the throne. God is ready and willing comfort your hearts. Trust him enough to be able to deal with the situation. Don't react with fear, but react with faith. Get closer to God. Pray to God often to help him to remove that sense of urgency out of your heart and that, that sense of anxiety out of your spirit. Ask the Lord to take that away from you so that you can see things in a clear way. I trust this message has found a good spot into your mind that you can take some things away from this that will help you with your next days. I trust that the Lord will keep you, the Lord will bless you, and the Lord will watch over you each and every day of your life. Will you pray with me, please? Almighty God of heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this day. And Father, we thank you, Father, for your word. 
Father, we understand your word has, Father, the power, Father, to reveal unto us, Father, ways to be able to overcome. Father, we ask that you would bless everyone that is out there, Father, give them a sense of peace, Father. Help them to be able to still, Father, their running, their running minds, dear Father. Help them, Father, to be able to focus in on you, Father, and trust you, Father, through any and everything. Father, we pray that you would allow your hand to touch everyone, Father, who's ill at this hour. Father, praying that you will heal them from their ill conditions. Father, those who are dealing, Father, with incidents in their life, Father, give them a good sense of direction, dear Lord, so that they can walk in a worthy way. Father, for all of us, Father, we are not worthy to call upon your name, but Father, we thank you, Master, for your grace and your mercy that allows us, Father, to be able to come to your throne, Father, and be able to petition you, Father, on the things that we need to be successful in this life. Father, we ask you to continue to be with the City View Church family. Father, continue to strengthen us all and keep us connected together as a whole. Father, for all of the congregations throughout this land and country, we pray in the Lord that you keep them unified, keep them in good strength, and Father, more importantly, help them all to allow their light shine brightly, Father, in this dark and dim world. Father, be with us all and guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord's willing. We look forward to seeing you on the next Lord's Day. May the Lord bless you and keep you until we see you again.